Welcome everyone to Kingdom Rock Radio. We pray that you will enjoy today's message. Now here's a sample of what you'll be hearing today. And God had already told them, listen, don't begin to worship these things around you. These blessings and all these things that I've given you, I don't want you to worship them. I want you to use them. You see, money is not, we don't worship money. Money is just a tool that we use to do the things that we do here on the earth. You understand what I'm saying? A car is just a tool that I use to get from one place to another. Kingdom Rock Radio is an outreach ministry of Kingdom Rock Family Worship Center located right here in Bremen, Georgia. You can connect with us at our website at www.kingdomrock.org. And now, here is today's message. Hallelujah. I'm so glad to be with you this morning. We want to welcome you to the Kingdom Rock Network. Hallelujah. I give thanks unto the Lord. We want to welcome our online community this morning. And we want to welcome you that are in the house this morning. Hallelujah. I want to thank Pastor Shroud and Pastor Samiko just honestly just for giving, making room for me and my wife to be able to share in this place. And God has just been so good to us. You know, I just want to, I really, I just, can I just be, I want to be transparent with you this morning. You know, this, you know, this morning when I was up praying, I just began to thank God. I said, Lord, you know, because, you know, sometimes when you're, you know, over the years, you know, God is with you. But when you go through those trials and you're waiting for that change to come, when you're waiting for the turnaround to come, sometimes you get discouraged. And you say, Look, you, I, I said, Lord, when is the, there were times when I was crying tears and I was spending time and I was waiting for my, the turnaround to come. And, you know, I, I want to encourage some this morning that are, you're waiting for the turnaround to come. And you're wondering, when is it going to happen? And you get discouraged and you, you cry your tears. But God said the turnaround is going to come. You just got to keep going. Keep going. Keep believing in God. Keep the faith. Don't let the enemy steal your faith because it's going to come. And I was just thanking God this morning that, Lord, you brought me, to, you brought me from where I was to where I am now. It's only by his grace and his mercy that we are who we are today, that we are where we are today. So I'm just, I'm just, I was just thanking God this morning just for where he's brought me to, and it's just the beginning. God, we serve a good God. We serve a wonderful God. And so I'm just thankful to the Lord. I want to thank God for my wife this morning, for just, she's just, she's been there. She's been my rock. She's been with me, you know, through, every, through everything. You know, nobody knows more about you than, than your spouse, you know what I'm saying? To the person that lives in the house with you. If they don't talk good about you, then you're going to have some problems. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? If you want to know about somebody, if they're married, go talk to their wife. They're going to tell the truth. But I'm thankful for her this morning. I just want to acknowledge her this morning. I thank God. I thank God. And I thank God for all of you that are in the house this morning. This morning, we're going to be looking at scripture from the book of John. And I have several scriptures I want to share with you this morning. But we're going to start with the book of John, chapter 4, verse 23 and 24. If you want to go there with me this morning, hallelujah. Lord, we give thanks unto your name this morning. We thank you for the Holy Spirit. We thank you for the time that we're about to spend in your word, God. We thank you for the in information and the revelation and the power and the joy and the worship and everything that you're going to do this morning in this house, God. 
We give you the glory, God. Lord, we're just vessels, God. We're just making ourselves available to you, God. But, Father, you're the one that speaks. You're the one that has all wisdom and all knowledge and all understanding, Father. We're just the vessels that are being used to share your word. In Jesus' name. So here in the book of John, chapter 4, verse 23 and 24, it says here, it says, But the hour cometh, and now is, when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeks, seeketh such to worship him. But the hour cometh and now is when the true worshipers shall worship the father in spirit and in truth for the father seeketh such to worship him. And I want to speak this morning just for a little bit from the subject, the power of worship, the power of worship. If anybody knows me if, and some, you know, I know some of y'all don't know me, but I'm a, I've been a worshiper my whole life. I, you know, I've led praise and worship for many years, and that, that's just who I am. That's part of what God put in me. I've, I'm just a worshiper. I can't help it. I, it's, it's just part of my DNA. Worship is just in my DNA. And so as I began to um, uh, meditate and pray on what God wanted me to share, he said, I want you to talk about worship today. I want you to share about worship. So here in this scripture, this is the story of the Samaritan woman that Jesus met at the well. This Samaritan woman was considered an outcast to the to the to outcasts. But, you know, even in her own society, she was Samaritan. And because the Jews and the Samaritans, they weren't on good terms. They were they were against one another. You know, they the, the Samaritans worshiped in the mountains and the Jews worshiped in the temple. And so the Samaritans and the Jews didn't like one another. And at some point in time, when Jesus was with his his disciples, he told his disciples, he said, I must go through Samaria. I got to go. We got to go through Samaria. I got something to do there. And so they went to Samaria and the disciples, Jesus sent them to get some groceries. He said, I want y'all to go to Publix and pick up some groceries for us to eat. Cause you know, Jesus, Jesus got hungry too. You know what I'm saying? So he said, I want y'all to go to, uh, go over there to Walmart, you know, Publix, wherever, go get us some groceries. He sent the disciples on a mission to go get some groceries. And while he was, while they were gone, he went to the well to get something to drink, and he met this Samaritan woman. But Jesus had a purpose for going there. So when Jesus met this woman at the well, he met her because he wanted to change her life. See, the first thing that happened is when he went to talk to the woman, the woman said, you're a, you're a Jew and I'm a Samaritan. Why are you coming to me trying to talk to me or ask me for something to drink? Now, we're not going to we're not focusing on this story today, but I want you to see something that Jesus was trying to say with this woman at the well. See, the first thing was when Jesus even approached her, Jesus was saying, listen, I know that we Jews and Samaritans don't really like each other. But, he, but Jesus said, I want to hand the olive branch out to you. I see something in your life that needs to change because this woman, Jesus had told this woman, he said, she, he actually said, where's your husband? And she said, I have no husband. And then Jesus said to her, he said, you are right when you say you have no husband. You have, you have had five husbands, and the one that you're with now is not your husband. So this woman was empty, and she was looking for something. She was, she was thirsty. 
And she was looking, you know, that's what happens to us a lot of times. When we're thirsty and there's a void in us, we look for, we're looking around. We, we start looking. We start looking in relationships. Maybe I'll feel that void in me in a relationship that I can get in. Maybe I'll feel that void in me if I get just enough money, I can feel the void inside of me. Maybe if I just get the right job, that void in me will be filled. Maybe if I can just drink enough. You know, you know, people don't drink because they're thirsty. They don't, when you drink the alcohol, we don't drink because we're thirsty many times. We drink because there's an emptiness on the inside of us and we're trying to fill that void. But let me tell you something. In every human being, man and woman, child, there is a God-shaped void in us. You see, and there's, see, it's just like that little toy that you used to have when we were kids, and it was like this, this little square block, and you had this, the triangle, you had the square, you had the circle. Some, for some of y'all that, that know that, when I was a kid, I had one of those things. Then you had a star, and so you would put the, the star where the star went, you would put the square where the square went, you would put the triangle where the tri triangle went, and you would put the circle where the circle went. But you couldn't put the circle in the triangle. You wouldn't be able to get it in a box. And so there's a void in us that only it's a God shape, boy, it's a certain shape and nothing will fit in there except God. So that's why God is reaching out and saying, hey, I want you to let me in. And so this woman was looking for something. She was thirsting for something. And Jesus came to her and he told her, he said, look, listen, I can give you living water where you'll never thirst again. He said, this water that I'm going to give you, he said, if you knew who was talking to you, you would ask me for this living water that you might not thirst again. See, he wanted to change her life. See, here's the thing. Jesus had a twofold mission when he met this woman at the well. He wanted to change her life, but he also wanted to change the narrative between the Jews and the Samaritans. See, because what happened was when he started talking to the woman, the woman tried to change the subject. She tried to go to get off of her and start talking about, she said, you know, we Jews worship, I mean, you, we Samaritans worship in the mountain and you Jews worship in the temple. So we don't really have anything to do with one another. But what was so powerful that Jesus said to her, and this is what I want to, this is what I want to focus on. It's a scripture that we just read. After all that dialogue that they had, this is what Jesus told the woman. He said, but the hour cometh. And now is when the true worshiper shall worship the father in spirit and in truth. He said, the father seeketh such to worship him. So what was Jesus really saying to this woman? What was he saying to us? Jesus was saying, it doesn't matter whether you're a Jew. It doesn't matter whether you're a Samaritan. It doesn't matter whether you're black. It doesn't matter whether you're white. It doesn't matter whether you're Hispanic, whatever. Asian. He said, I'm not looking for color. I'm not looking for a certain religion, a certain. He said, I'm just looking for worshipers. That's what Jesus is looking for. Jesus, is, he's not looking for color. He says, I want y'all to put all that stuff aside. I don't care whether you worship in the mountains. I don't care whether you worship in the temple. He said, I'm just seeking some that want to worship me. The true worshipers are not worried about color. They're not worried about, you know, I'm of this status and not, you're here and I'm there. Jesus said, I'm just looking for some people that will worship me. He said, the, when Jesus, when, when God said, the Father seeketh, I want to be one of the ones that he's seeking. I, I want him to be able to look at me and say, that's one of my true worshipers right there. 
That's what the Lord is looking for. He said, I'm not I'm trying to find some people that will worship me in spirit and in truth. What does it mean to worship him in spirit and in truth? It means that our, it's about our spirit connecting to God's spirit. It's about us. You know, it's a, it's a love relationship. This thing is personal. See, we can praise the Lord. We can praise him. But when we go into worship, that's personal. That's 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 intimate. It's our heart being right before God. Being naked, it's when you can be naked and unashamed before God. That's what worship is. I don't have to try to hide. I don't have to try to pretend. I can just be myself when I'm in the presence of God. See, that's what worship is. Being real with God about who you really are. Because, you know, we can act a certain way when we get around other people. You know, when we see people at church, how you doing today? I'm blessed. I am blessed. I'm highly favored. You know, all that kind. We say all that, then we go home. Oh, God, I'm over here struggling. Jesus, help me. God said, listen, he said, I want you to be real. I want you to be comfortable in your own skin. You know, I went on a, a, a silent retreat about two weeks ago. That's why I wasn't here. It's a retreat that I went on, and you, on this retreat, you can't talk the whole time. You, there's no talking. There's no nothing. It's just a time where there's no TVs. You got to leave your cell phone, everything. You know, we have that phone with us. Nothing. No TVs, no radio, no nothing. Just you and God for three days. And during that time, let me tell you what happened. I, I shared this with Pastor Shrive. I got real comfortable in my own skin. I didn't have to put on no fronts or nothing. I'm like, I'm just going to be me from now on. You know, because we even ate at the table with other people. But guess what? When we ate at the table, you couldn't even talk to them. They were eating, you eating, you looking at each other. We just, but it was a, it was a wonderful time for me to just get comfortable in my own skin. So I'm not, I don't have to put on anymore, whether I'm dressed in jeans or dressed in a suit or whatever. I'm just going to be me because that's what God wants us to do. You know, it's, I'm going to be real about who I am before God. Because, you know, you know, the Lord knows you anyway. You know how we think we hiding from God. You ain't hiding from God. The Bible says his eyes are all over the earth. God can see everything that's going on around here. So he knows you anyway. So you might as well be real with yourself. You understand? You need to see the thing that we need to do is be 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 real about the person that we see in the mirror every day. You understand? Every day when we look in that mirror, we know who we really are. And that's why God is seeking True worshipers. He's seeking those that say, hey, I can I want to be real with God. You know, this is what the Lord spoke to me. He said, worship creates or blazes a path for things to happen. It's going to when we worship God, it creates and it blazes a path for things to happen. What kind of things? When we worship God, it opens up the path to prayer. You want to really get into prayer. You want to really get into the presence of God. Just begin to worship him. I was laying in my bed, you know, last week and I woke up that morning and I was just feeling kind of dry that morning. And I, you know, because I like to try to change things up and do things differently. So but I had been, you know, just doing some different things in my time in prayer. And it seemed like things were just kind of dry. And I said and I woke up that morning. And I was laying in the bed and my wife was sleeping. I said, I said to the, I said to the Lord, I said, Lord, where are you? And then I said, I said, Holy Spirit, where are you? And I heard this small voice say to me, he said, I'm in the worship. He said, that's where I, that's where I show up. And so I got up and I put my music on. I went in the other room in my prayer room and I put that music on. And then within 30 seconds, the presence of the Lord showed up. 
And then I just, be, and then th everything was different. Everything changed because God says, that's where I show up. You want God to show up. All you got to do is begin to worship you, worship him. And I guarantee, I'm going to show you later on in some scripture how God shows up in the worship. It opens up, and it, worship opens up the path to God's presence. His presence shows up. See, worship is like making love to God and God making love to you. And when you make love to God and God makes love to you and you're in that intimate time, guess what? There's something is going to be conceived. See, God wants to birth some things in, in his people. But in order for those things to birth, you're not going to be able to birth anything if you don't spend some time with him. If you don't spend some time in worship, spending time with God in worship. And when you do, something is conceived. You see, I even thought about it in, even in the, in the natural way. At least, see, I can praise my wife. I can say to her, honey, you look beautiful. Honey, you know, your eyebrows, you know, look wonderful. Your lips are beautiful. You know, I love your hair. I can praise her. And tell her all those wonderful things. You understand? And she can do the same to me. But when it come, when we, when we come into worship together, that's when it becomes intimate. You understand? So there's a difference between the praise. The praise is wonderful. But when you begin to worship God, it becomes more intimate. You see, something will be conceived. I want to look at Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse 12. I want to show you something here. That the Lord said, he said here in the New Living Translation, be careful not to forget the Lord. He was talking to the children of Israel who rescued you from slavery in the land of Egypt. He said, you must fear the Lord, your God and serve. Another word for serve is worship him. You must fear the Lord your God and worship him. When you take an oath, you must use it only in his name. You must not worship any of the, of the gods in the neighboring nations. For the Lord your God who lives among you is a jealous God. His anger will flare up against you and he will wipe you from the face of the earth. You see what God was saying to his people? He said, listen, when it says that God is jealous, the only time it says that God is jealous is when we worship something other than him. You understand? That's how serious the uh, worship is to God, that he gets jealous when he sees you worshiping, worshiping someone, uh, worshiping some, something other than him. He says, if you, see, that's how serious it is. He said, listen, if you begin to worship something other than me, he said, I'm going to wipe you from the face of the earth. So we're not supposed to put anything before God because as his people, you understand? Because he said, listen, if when you begin to put any, something, any other things before me, then you, they're going to draw you away from me. And see, we we're drawn away by our own lust. You understand what I'm saying? And then we find ourselves in this place and wonder, how did I get here? It's because you started worshiping something that you want that you weren't supposed to worship. The number one thing, the number one reason the children of Israel walked around in the wilderness for 40 years is because, it's because they had idols. And God had already told them, listen, don't begin to worship these things around you. These blessings and all these things that I've given you, I don't want you to worship them. I want you to use them. You see, money is not, we don't worship money. Money is just a tool that we use to do the things that we do here on the earth. You understand what I'm saying? A car is just a tool that I use to get from one place to another. I don't worship my car. You understand what I'm saying? So God is serious about that worship. He don't want us worshiping anything. He came, listen, he told his people, I rescued you out of Egypt. 
He made a way for them. He, he brought all those signs and wonders, the, the plagues and stuff on Egypt. And then he sent them out. And they, because the one thing, listen, when God had sent Moses to rescue the children of Israel, what did he tell Pharaoh? He told Pharaoh, he said, let my people go that they may what? Worship me. That's what he wanted for his people. He wanted to get them out of that bondage so that they could be free to worship him. You understand what I'm saying? That's what he called them to do. And, and that's why, see, the devil doesn't want to let you go. He wants to keep you in bondage so that you won't be able to worship God. But see, the devil knows that when you begin to worship God, something's going to happen. Something's going to get conceived. See, there's something on the inside of you that when it connects with God, then, that, then something is birthed in you. Your purpose is birthed in you. There's so many of this generation, they're walking around and they don't know their purpose because they need to connect with God. That's what he's trying to do. I want them to connect with me. I want them to get intimate with me. I don't want you to be distant from me. I don't want you to just be saying it with your mouth, Lord, I love you, but you're not doing it. You're not walking in that thing. That's what he's trying to do. He's trying to get you into a place of worship. Worship. That's what he wants to do. Here in the book of Luke, we're going to look at another scripture. Chapter 4, verse 8. This is what it says. This is when Satan had came to tempt Jesus. And he said, I'll give you everything if you bow down and worship me. And Jesus answered, it is written. Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. See, Jesus said, listen, it is written. Worship the Lord. I'm not getting ready to bow down. I don't care what you try to give me. Because he's going to, listen, if, if, if Satan offered Jesus stuff, he said, I'll give you all the kingdoms of this world. Because the Bible calls the devil the God of this world. He said, I'll give you all this. If you just bow down and worship me. And see, if he offered him this stuff, don't you know that he's offering it to us? You know, there's some people out there. I'm sorry to tell you. Some of your people that you like, the music you listen to, some of them people have sold their soul. I'm just telling you. Because Satan came and said, hey, if you bow down and worship me, I'll give you all this. But what is the profit of man? What does the scripture say? Right. There you go. That man back there know the word. You know what I'm saying? He's gone. You can lose your soul worshiping these idol stuff on this earth. This stuff is going to pass away. Before you know it, it's going to pass away. I don't care what you, you know, it's so funny. You can get, you know, you can get something new and then after a while, you know, I remember when I bought a new, this new car, my first little new car. I'm like, I got a new car. Next thing you know, somebody bumped it. Next thing you know, I came out, somebody lit a, a, a cart hit it and scratches here and scratches there. You know what I'm saying? Somebody feels, you know, people, your kids in the car, they spill food in the car. You're like, dang, my stuff messed up. You know, you be trying to keep it off. But baby, don't park over here because, you know, it's going to get scratched up. It's going to get old. You know what I'm saying? Just stop that. You know how, because you know when you get something new, this is how you know, especially men. Y'all men know this. When we get a new car or something, a nice car, you know how you, when you get out the car, you, you lock the doors and this is what you do. You know what I'm saying? You know we do that. Especially when it's nice. You be like, yeah, that's my car. But after a while, what happens? It's just, it's going to get old. You know what I'm saying? So that's why we don't worship things. You understand? So Jesus said, worship the Lord. That's what God wants. He said, God says, I only want you to worship me. But get, the enemy wants to take you, take your focus off of, off of the Lord and put it on these things. See, people worship money 
cars, clothes, status, the, this, this, you know, all these type of things, and even other people. Some people worship other people. Y'all know that? You know what I'm saying? They put people, that person before God. Oh, such and such. Oh, so I just love her so much. Whatever. You know what I'm saying? It's like, hey, hey, hold on. You know? Yeah, you, it's okay to be in love. You understand? But you can't put that person before God. Every, I, I worship the ground she walks on. I, that, no, I don't. I, I thank God for I praise God. I wake up and I'm, a, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I'm highly favored. I know, who, I know what God has given me, but I ain't worshiping the ground you walk on. I worship the ground that Jesus walks on. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but you hear people, I worship the ground. Yes, I, every time you, you know, some, some women, they be like, my husband this and my husband that. If that joker leave you, you're going to, you, you know what I'm saying? I've seen, I've seen it. I've seen people that just, they're so into that person and then that person leaving their whole world. Nothing is going to destroy my world. Now, I'm going to be sad, but nothing's going to take my joy away. I'm not, that God gave me that. You know, that's why you got, you can't worship people. Can you imagine waking up in the morning talking about, oh, Lord, I thank you for my bank account, Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. I worship my bank account. Lord, I worship my car, Lord. Thank you for this and thank you for that. Lord, I worship my house. Lord, I worship my house. Doesn't that sound crazy? We don't say it like that, but we do it. You understand? So worship is serious. But God's will is for us to worship and serve him only because there's power in our worship. There is power in your worship. Another word for worship is serve. Another word for worship is love. That's when we love the Lord. The Bible says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, with everything, with with all your strength. Love the Lord your God. See, we know we can love other people. We know we can serve other people. But God doesn't want us to love or serve anything like we do him. You understand? Like, I'll I, I get jealous. You know what I'm saying? If my wife was, you know, serving another man like she served me, I'm going to get jealous. I'm like, what you doing? You, you know, I took him dinner, too. You know, yeah, Rufus calling. He wanted dinner, so I took it over there to him. Yeah, Rufus calling and said that, you know, he needed, you know, me to come over. And I'm going to get, you're going to get jealous, ain't you? You know what I'm saying? The same verse, vice versa. My wife don't want me, dog, on serving somebody else the same way I serve her. You understand? He wants, we want that total, complete attention of that person. And God wants your total and complete attention. He wants your total and complete loyalty. That's what's important to God, loyalty. Somebody that's loyal to me, somebody that loves me, you know, because it's personal, it's intimate. Worship, here's some of the things that worship can do. Worship can push you into your destiny and cleanse you of your past. Worship heals wounds and breaks generational curses. Worship lets you hear God and lets God hear you. Worship tells you, tells God that you're grateful. As we worship, our perspective change changes and our motivations are realigned with God. See, when you when you worship God, your perspective changes. You can see things differently. See, sometimes when you worship God, the situation may not change, but your perspective changes. You see it differently than what you've seen it before. You understand? And then your, your, your heart will be aligned with God heart, God's heart. That's what he's really trying to do. He's really trying to get his, your heart to align with his heart so that you know the heart of God without question. It can be as simple as being grateful for blessings, family, and friends, learning how to kneel down, lay everything at the creator's feet, and humbly give thanks even when you don't feel like it. 
That's when you know it's real. When even when you don't feel like worshiping him, you just say, Lord, I don't feel like it, but I'm going to worship you anyway. It makes you stronger. Instead of looking at my, myself, my own insecurities and problems, I choose to focus on my vision and the one who ultimately makes me stronger. See, worship takes the focus off of you and puts it on God. The one who gave you the vision, the one who created you. That's what it does. In the book of Exodus chapter 23 and verse 25, it says this. Worship the Lord your God and his blessings will be on your food and water. I will take away sickness from among you. God said, if you worship me, he said, I'll even, I'll even bless your food and water. But he also said, and I will take sickness away from you. So that's an awesome thing. If you want God to begin to take sickness away from you, the Bible says he said, I'll do it if you worship me. That's what he told the children of Israel. And the same, we serve the same God. He's the same God yesterday, today, and forevermore. So if he did it for the children of Israel, he's doing it for you because you're his people. Yes. What is worship? It's not just something that we do in church service. It's not just singing. It's not just lifting hands or bowing down. But here's what worship is. Worship is a lifestyle. It's giving of your time, your talent, and your treasure. When we make worship a lifestyle instead of a time period, that's when your relationship with him grows more intimate and your heart becomes more like his, which is our ultimate goal. See, worship is a lifestyle. It's what you do every day. It's when you get up and you take care of your children. It's when you go to work. That's what worship is. It's how you treat your spouse. It's not just something you do when you come into the house of the Lord or something you do when you go into prayer. It's how you live your life on a daily basis. That's what worship is. Another thing that is worship is when you give, when you give to the Lord or when you help somebody out or when you give to someone, when you buy somebody some groceries or something that's in need, that's what worship is. When somebody calls you and says, hey, I have a need, you understand, and you go and you meet that need because you have the means to, that's what worship is. When you go over every day and you sit down and you go over and you prepare things at the food bank and people come in by the droves to get what they need, that's what worship is. Doing for others and helping out others, that's what real worship is. It's not just something that we do when we raise our hands, and it is that, but beyond that, it's how we live our lives every day. It's how we live every day. In Genesis chapter 12 and verse 8, it talks about Abraham. Abraham was a man that worshiped God. It says this. It says, after that, Abraham traveled south and set up camp in the hill country with, with Bethel to the west of Ai to the east, east. There he built an altar and dedicated it to the Lord, and he worshiped the Lord. And then in Genesis chapter 13 and verse 3 and 4, it says, from the, from the Negev, they continued traveling by stages toward Bethel, and they pitched their tents between Bethel and Ai, where they had camped before. This was the same place where Abraham had built an altar, and there he worshiped the Lord. That's two times he worshiped the Lord. And look what God did for Abraham. In Genesis chapter 17 and verses 1 through 6, it says, when Abraham was 99 years old, this man had been worshiping the Lord for a long time. The Lord appeared to him and said, I am El Shaddai, God Almighty. 
serve me faithfully and live a blameless life. I will make a covenant with you by which you will, I will guarantee to give you countless descendants. You know that we are Abraham's descendants. At this, Abraham fell down to the ground. What was Abraham doing? Abraham was worshiping God. Then God said to him, this is my covenant with you. I will make you the father of a multitude of nations. What's more, I am changing your name. <laughs> it will no longer be Abram. Instead, you will be called Abraham, for you are the father of many nations. I will make you extremely fruitful. Your descendants will become many nations and kings will be among them. So just because he worshiped God, just because, because another form of worship is obedience. When you do what God has called you to do, when you hear the voice of God and he says, I want you to go do such and such, and you, you don't even question it, you step into it and go do it, that's what worship is. The highest form of worship is obedience. That's who God is looking for. He's looking for some people that will be obedient to him. So because Abraham was obedient to God, God changed his name. He said, you're not going to be Abraham anymore. He said, I'm going to call, you're not going to be Abram anymore. Your new name is going to be Abraham, father of many nations. You're no longer that old person that you used to be. God wants to give you a new name. You're not the same person that you used to be, but God has given you a new name and he's going to bless you. He said, you're going to be fruitful. We are the seeds of Abraham. And so God says, if you worship me, if you're obedient to me, if you live a blameless life, he said, I'm going to do great things for you. And here, as we get to the close, I want to read one more scripture from Matthew chapter 15 and verse 21 through 28. It says, then Jesus left Galilee and went to the region of Tyre and Sidon. And a a Gentile woman who lived there came to him pleading, have mercy on me. Oh, Lord, son of David, for my daughter is is possessed by a demon that torments her severely. But Jesus gave her no reply. He ignored her. It says Jesus gave her no reply, not even a word. So this woman comes to Jesus and she's saying, have mercy on me. My daughter's possessed. Jesus didn't even look. He didn't even say anything. He didn't speak. The disciples were there with him. The disciples urged him, send her away. Tell her to go away, they said. She's bothering us with all. She, he said, they said she's bothering us with her, all her begging. The disciples. See, because that's what happens. See, when, you, when you're trying to get to God and people don't think you deserve to be to God, they said, listen, you're bothering God. Stop all that begging and stuff. But this woman was desperate because when you know, you know how a woman is. When something is going on with her children, she's going to go through whatever means to do whatever she has to do to get something, to get some answers, to get some change. You know, we know that. You understand? So, uh, so then after that, she said, uh, then Jesus said to the woman, I was sent only to help God's lost sheep. He said, I'm only sent to my people, the people of Israel. But she came and worshiped him, pleading again. See, because Jesus had already told her, listen, he first he ignored her. Then he said, listen, I'm, I'm not, I'm only sent to the lost sheep. I'm not sent to Gentiles, pagan people. So she said, but he said, she came, she worshiped him, pleading again, Lord, help me. Jesus responded, it isn't right to take the food from the children and throw it to dogs. And a lot of people, when they hear that, that Jesus called that woman a dog. You know, that's what it you know, looks like. But see, here's the guy, what you got to understand. 
A lot of people were coming to Jesus just for the fishes and the loaves. A lot of people were coming to Jesus just because they want to heal him. They didn't want to have nothing to do with him. They didn't really want to be connected with him. So Jesus began to say, okay, well, I got to start testing some of these people and making sure that they really want to be connected with me. So he had, he was, this woman, he was trying to see how much does she really want? Does she really want to be connected with me? Because she's a Gentile. She's a pagan. But look at what the woman said. She replied, that's true, Lord. But even the dogs are allowed to eat the scraps from the, that fall beneath the master's table. I know that because I have a dog and he's always standing there waiting on crumbs to fall from the table. This woman worshiped God and look what happened. Dear woman, Jesus said to her, your faith is great. Your request is granted. And her daughter was instantly healed because what was Jesus looking for? He was looking for someone that would worship. That was willing to just say, put all that stuff aside. I don't care if you said that stuff about that dog stuff. Look, my daughter need to be healed, Lord. That's what I need. We got some loved ones that need to be healed. We got some loved ones that need something broken off of their lives. And we need to get into worship. We need to put all these other things aside and just get into worship so Jesus can come in and heal. He healed her. He said, your request has been granted. He and he said to her, your faith is great. Even though I said some things to you, you didn't even let that discourage you. He said, you have great faith and you're a Gentile. She was a Gentile, but the, the Bible says she had, Jesus says she had great faith and he granted her requests. See, because sometimes people will come to you and they don't even want to have nothing, you know, connect with you or anything. Sometimes, you know, and I'm just being honest, I get cash at requests from people. And they, they I said, can you just call me on the phone? They ain't even called to see how I was doing. This is send cash up. Hey, send me 20. Send me 40. I'm like, you ain't even calling to check on me. What you doing? Asking me for money. You know what I'm saying? I want you to come and connect with me. Come talk to me and tell me what's going on. Don't send me no cash at request. That's, that's impersonal. I ain't talked to you in months. And then all of a sudden, ding, and I see your name on there. Cash up this. I ain't cash up you nothing. You know, I'm, I'm sorry. You had to call me on the phone. You know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah. So, so you know, this woman was desperate. She, you know, she was desperate and she needed something. And Jesus granted it because she worshiped him. And lastly, I just want to say, you know, there was a woman and you can get some music going. There was a woman that came to Jesus, and she, the Bible says that she had a precious jar of ointment, an alabaster box of ointment. The Bible says that it was, it was worth a year's wages. A year's wages. And the Bible says that this woman came and poured it over Jesus' body. Now, a year's wages. Some of us might make 40000 60000 100000 whatever it is you make a year. But this woman brought everything she had that was precious to her. She worshipped Jesus. The Bible says then she poured it over him. And then when the disciples saw it, the Bible says they were indignant. They said, what a waste. She done took all, everything that was precious to her. And poured it over him, and this is a waste. But Jesus said, no, no, leave her alone. He said, for what she has done will be talked about for generations. Because she worshipped him. She brought everything she had. She said, this is all I have. This is a year's worth of wages, but I don't care. You're worth it. 
You're worth it, Jesus. She, he said, she's preparing my body for burial. That's what she was doing. And so I want to challenge some today that are watching online or that are in the house today. Jesus saying, will you bring the most precious thing that you have? Will you bring your life to me? Will you give your life to me? The most precious thing you have is your life. It's in a box, and God says, I want you to give it to me. I want you to come to me. I want to change you. I want to change your life. I want to do great things in you, but you got to be willing to worship him. You got to be willing to come down and fall down to your knees and say, I surrender and bring the most. This woman brought the most precious thing she had. See, your money or what you have, it represents your life. And you have your life that God wants to change. And he wants you to bring it to him. He wants you to pour it on him. Just pour it on me, Jesus. Jesus wants you to pour your life on him and just so that he can change you. When you pour your life on him, he's going to pour his spirit into you. And you, you're never going to be the same, my friends. That's the power of worship. So I just want to offer to some today, if you want to accept this Savior who died for you, some of you, you've been waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting. But this is the day. This is the day that God wants to turn everything around for you and get you going in the direction that he has ordained for you. You see, he loves you more than anyone, more than you could ever know. See, you might be saying to yourself that you think that you're disqualified, but that's a lie from the devil. You think because of the life that you live and the things that you've done that you have been disqualified, but you can't be disqualified from God. The Bible, Jesus, God said that I wish that all would come to repentance. I want, I want all to come to my, to be able to walk into that kingdom on that day. And so if you, I want you to pray this prayer with me today. If you want to receive the Lord Jesus Christ into your heart and, and, and be saved, I want you to pray this prayer with me. Say, Lord Jesus, right now, I thank you for this day. I ask you, Lord, to come into my heart. Change me. Just change my heart. Change my mind. Renew me. Restore me. Lord, I believe that you came to the earth, that you walked the earth, that you were crucified, you died, and you were raised on the third day. Now, Lord, come into my heart. Live big in me. In the name of Jesus, amen. Listen, my friends, if you prayed that simple prayer with me today, then guess what? You are a part of the family of God now. Doesn't matter what you feel like, it's not a feeling. It's a knowing that I've made the decision to allow God to come into my heart. And guess what? Now the change begins. And it's not, listen, it's, it's, it's not going to be easy all the time. This is not something where you, you know, you just go down this easy road. But now with God walking with you, it will never be the same. As long as I know I got God with me, I'll be okay. 
I might go through some ups and downs like anybody else, but as long as I know Jesus is on my side, I'm good. You understand what I'm saying? So he's on your side now. He's with you. He's walking with you now. And so you need to get connected to a Bible-believing church where the word is being taught. You understand? And then you need to just spend time with the Lord, worshiping him and, and getting into the word of God. You know, if you want to start somewhere, start in the book of Proverbs. It has a lot of wisdom in it. And the book of Psalms is a good place to start. Get connected with other people of, of like faith. You understand? Because so, you, you got to, in, in order to stay on this road, you got to walk with other people of like faith. Or you'll find yourself back in that fallen state. But today, God has changed you for his glory. Because God wants to get the glory out of your life at the end of the day. Thank you, Jesus. So I want to thank you for just tuning in today. And for Pastor Shroud again, allowing me to share the word of God. And we'll see you next time on the Kingdom Rock Network. Well, we pray that you were blessed and encouraged by today's message. Don't forget, you can connect with us at our website at kingdomrock.org. It's there that you can hear today's message as well as the entire series. So check it out today. Until next time, remember that Jesus loves you and so do we. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way. We'll see you on the next time.